0: You know, sometimes you look back and you think, oh, my friends are like doing this, that and the other. And I've, I'm not doing this, that and the other, but I've made particular sacrifices to do what I want to do. And you you just have to own that. You have to own the fact that you may then really be living a different life to the rest of your peers.
1: In Your Element is a teen hosted podcast covering conversations with our allies. I'm your host, Abby Jones, and I get to chat with some of the most inspiring educators, creators, and changemakers, reflecting on their teen years, what makes them feel the most in their element on the daily, and things that they wish they had known as a teenager. This podcast is a sister organization with The Element Collective. The Element Collective hosts virtual and in-person workshops, providing mindfulness, movement, creativity, fun, and other tools that high school age girls need to love themselves and own their authenticity and tap into who they truly are. In order to create an environment that is more approachable than traditional group therapy or school clubs, Element Collective founders Mary Allard and Kylie Roswell base their approach on the five elements and create a safe and playful environment for girls to connect with themselves and others. Because when each of us are in our element, magic happens. If you're interested in being a part of any of the Element Collective events, or joining our Element community, like me hosting this podcast, or even Gabby, who produced the music that you're hearing right now, you can follow this podcast wherever you listen, connect with us on Instagram at Collective, or check out elementcollective.com. Remember, guys, it's E-L-L-E, two L's. (laughs) Alright, I'm actually very excited to have you on the podcast today. Yay! (laughs) I appreciate you talking to me. Um, So, the way that we found out about you was my mom saw you at the Bocelli concert and just thought that you were freaking awesome. So she was like, you guys have to interview her. Wow, so are. your
0: mom. That is really cool.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, so just wanted to let you know that. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, so she saw you playing the cello. Um, you also sing and write your own music, which I love your music. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so tell me what got you into that. Was it a recent thing? Has it
0: always been a thing for you since you were tiny? Yeah, I, um, I first started kind of engaging with music in a formal sense around three or four. My mum started me on piano lessons after we went to a concert to hear Sweet Honey in the Rock, who an American gospel group, perform. And um, I sang all the words because I just had listened to their cassette. Over and over again. And so I sang all the words in the concert, and the people in front of us were like, Whoa, she's three. (laughs) What's going on here? (laughs) Yep. And my mom was like, Okay, so she's musical. Let's try and nurture this somehow. So I learned classically all through primary school. And when I got to secondary school, I wasn't learning much in terms of, um, theory because the early years were all about basic piano skills and theory. And my music teacher thought I'd be better off learning a second instrument, which is where the cello came in around age 12, 13. Mm -hmm. So I started playing classically um, through secondary school, cello and piano. And then the singing, I just sang. I grew up with soul music and hip hop and R&B. And whatever was in the pop charts, and so as most of my friends did, we sang in general. But the putting together of all of that kind of happened in the early years of music college. So I went to a super academic school and thought I would study French and Spanish, but I didn't in the end, which is another story we can come back to. And I found my way into music college ultimately to study composition And then as a side hustle to earn some money on the side, I was singing and playing cello in a restaurant. So that's the very general overview of how it all kind of came together.
1: So was there a moment in your life when you realized that you had a gift musically? Was it when you were three and singing all of the lyrics? or
0: Not as such. I enjoyed music. I enjoyed listening to music and practicing my instruments felt like a really um, safe space, positive space. I mean, I used to resist practicing around age 9, 10. I didn't really want to practice the piano. But once I had pushed through that phase and my mum had pushed me through that phase, <laughs> I kind of started to overachieve. And I knew I excelled in that area. Like I was getting really high exam marks and I was performing at all the school concerts. And I got a lot of praise for for having an aptitude musically so I think a lot of my motivation was wrapped up honestly in praise and doing well Um, I don't know how positive that is but that's just (laughs) what it was Um, but I didn't have a model for having a life as a musician other than being a pop star like you're either going to be Britney or Madonna or someone or maybe you were going to be an orchestral musician and neither extreme felt like anything I was that interested in. So I just had this thing that I was good at. I tried to be good at academic stuff, and then just found my way in between. But no one said, yeah, you should expressly follow this. As I was growing up, it was more like, oh, well done, you. We're glad that you've got this thing you're good at.
1: Yeah. Was there a specific moment in your life when you knew that you could not necessarily make a living because i think for most artists that doesn't happen for a while um but that you could do music as a job because i know that for teenagers it's like it's very discouraged um mm, going into the creative yeah.
0: arts i hear that and a couple of things happened the main thing that pushed me in the direction of music college was that I had a place to study French and beginner Spanish at Cambridge and it was a really big deal getting into Cambridge and my family had done that. And even in my school, it was like really a big thing if you had a place at Cambridge and I was so excited and all I needed were three A grades to get in. So I don't know, a 4.0 or 4.9 average or whatever the highest thing is that you need. I needed that at the end of my um, A-level exams and I didn't get it is the short story mm. I tried really hard and I just didn't get three A's and I sort of collapsed quite dramatically in the school courtyard and had to be carried home and stuff and you know looking back it's just hilarious it was divine intervention the best thing that ever happened to me but at the time it was the worst thing that ever happened to me and I took a year out to kind of calibrate and figure out what to do next and it was in that gap here that my stepdad said I think you seem to be really good at music while you're young or why don't you just follow your heart and do something that you really enjoy doing. So those early years were just trusting and having the support of my family who who weren't making any demands of me. They were happy I got into Cambridge but they weren't that attached to that either. They didn't think it was necessarily the best thing ever and they weren't discouraging me from following an artistic pathway. So I, I really thank them for that because it didn't feel as though I was having to prove anything in that sense. But what I found difficult to do is go against what feels good. I've just trusted. I mean, music can be challenging. So that's not to say it's an easy pathway either. Even if it is something that you enjoy doing, there's always a sense of challenge because you're growing and there's a lot of growth to be had <laughs> in being an artist. So it's not always been easy, but I've always trusted that it's, It's my pathway because doors kept opening very easily, like the door to music college against all odds. I didn't have a music A-level degree. I didn't have all these things you're supposed to have, but I somehow got in there. So I had to trust that that's my path. And I think a lot of um, trust in yourself is one step at a time. I don't think you can magically click your way into knowing what isn't the right path. But there is a small bit of you that knows this is good for me, at least this next step. So I just kept following that. And before I knew it, I was getting paid to do small things, um, singing a song at a, a wedding or a party, or writing an arrangement for somebody or composing for my peers, little things that made me feel, oh, there's some value in this. Or even if it's people enjoyed it, there's value. So It's noticing the small positive moments of feedback along the way that kind of snowballed into, ah, I can make money or this is something I can keep going at.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Cambridge, that's awesome. Mm. Um, But I I know that for a lot of people with their parents, it would be – yes, go to Cambridge. Why would you pursue music? You can't make a living out of that. Do something academic. So what advice would you give to somebody whose parents aren't so supportive?
0: If your parents are really intense, and their word kind of is the law, then at the very least, try and do both. If you have to go to Cambridge, for example, and you got in, and you're like, okay, my parents are making this a law. Yeah, and you know what your parents are like. So get into Cambridge and then get into an orchestra or join a choir or make a band. Do something that is still relevant to you within the context of what you feel you have to do. That's also another pathway. And that might be your pathway, you know, mixing the two and how they come together. So um, whatever you do, don't completely discount what it is you want to do. Yeah, I think... That's a mistake that a lot of people make, and it's
1: Mm. so unfortunate living their life to make other people happy. That's the one. Yeah, it's terrible. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And it takes a lot of guts to be able to do what you did and say, no, this is what makes me happy, and I think that I can make a living out of this and do it professionally. I respect it.
0: Thank you. And, you know, sometimes you look back and you think, oh, my friends are, like, doing this, that, and the other, and I've... I'm not doing this that and the other but I've made particular sacrifices to do what I want to do and you you just have to own that you have to own the fact that you may then really be living a different life to the rest of your peers
1: yeah exactly so once again I love your music thank Um, you how have you made your music your own and stand out from everybody else
0: I, um, I guess I've spent a certain amount of time with my instrument and with my voice, and I know what feels good to play, what sounds good to me. Um, it's a mix of all the things I enjoy listening to, which is some classical, some gospel, some soul, some R&B, some hip hop. And I think if enough of those ingredients are in anything I do, then it's going to feel like me. So whatever the story is or the picture I'm trying to paint musically – it will usually have one or two or a number of those elements and then I know that I'm in my zone with it and then I let the story dictate how the rest of the sound world should evolve. But I think it happens over time um, you try different things and you go further in one direction and you think, okay, well, you know, it is what it was and you keep moving and the further you go along, the more you start to repeat yourself in the best sense because you've got your own sound by then.
1: Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um so earlier you mentioned how doing music just makes you happy and you feel fulfilled i guess um what about doing what you do makes you feel in your element
0: there's a lot to what i do from a business end to like the front-facing end of being in front of an audience It's so all-encompassing to be an independent artist because perhaps, like myself, I'm running my own record label or Mm. um, I'm composing for people or I'm standing in front of thousands of people singing. I feel challenged and stretched in every direction. And I love making progress personally. I love growing. I love expanding and trying new things and, you know, putting myself in uncomfortable situations ultimately because that keeps me on the edge and I never want to um, stagnate creatively. So the kind of music I do and the things I'm engaged in lend itself to always pushing forward and expanding and meeting new people and hearing new stories and trying new things. But there's also just that part of me that's always been there. And maybe it's genetic. My dad's an actor, but I've got a performer gene. I'm very comfortable being on stage in front of people. That's the easiest part for me and the bit where I most feel in my element when I'm just in front of an audience. Doesn't matter how many people, my voice or my cello or the piano and just singing a beautiful song either my own or another one that I've made a cover version of. I just feel really connected to the audience. And I think it's that sense of communicating that I love. I love talking. I love singing. <laughs> I, love, I love communicating with people because people are amazing. And I think if you genuinely like people, I think that that helps because I feel like, yeah, I want to be here. I want to share something beautiful, hopefully with, with you. I want to be honest in this moment and express myself with you. So that's, that's really the core of, of why I'm doing everything because I enjoy that sense of exchange.
1: Wow. <laughs> I know that, I mean, basically nobody is going to be like, Yes, I love standing in front of thousands of people and singing and and being vulnerable. And so that's just very impressive. And I've never heard somebody explain it like that either. And I, I love that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, you're right to say vulnerable. I think that's an interesting aspect of it because it is very vulnerable to be solo and not have the support sometimes of a band And sometimes things go crazy wrong. Like, just it's just cry. You forget the words or you forget the chords or some mad thing happens. You're like, wow, okay, it's just me here (laughs) doing some wild thing. But people love that. That's why people want to come to live shows. They want to see you, they want to have a real experience.
1: Exactly. Okay, so I have two more questions for you and then I will let you go. Um, What is one thing that you wish you had known when you were a teenager? If you could go back and tell your teen self, what would you say?
0: Maybe a few things. I would say keep a diary and (laughs) um, (laughs) keep a diary, but keep it somewhere that you know no one else is going to read it because that's the worst I've had that, someone reading a private diary. Um, But I say keep one because – you can then um, understand and process how you're really feeling and refer back to it. So that sense of building the trust in yourself and your intuition. If you're really honest with yourself in your diary, you will know how you're feeling about something. And you can check in with yourself and then follow the right path for you. And it's easier sometimes to see that outside of yourself as opposed to just having your thoughts go round and round. Um Have fun. Relax, just have a basic trust that everything will work out well for you going forward. Even if things seemingly go wrong, in hindsight, they usually are the, the right thing to happen <laughs> in order to put you on, on the right track. So nothing's really wrong per se, but it can change the pathway. But it's easier for things to flow if you know how you really feel about something and you trust that voice. Yeah. I've been
1: told so many times to keep a diary. And I'm always like, but it's so stupid. And yeah, and I don't have time.
0: But yeah, I think that's great advice. And um, it could just be like one or two sentences for the day. Nothing too intense. No, like five pages per right. day. Really. Just you know, a couple of notes.
1: Yep. All right. So our last question Where can people find more about you? Because as I mentioned like 15 times, I love your music. And so everybody else has to go listen to your
0: music now. Yay! So you can find my music on all the usual platforms. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and probably a bunch of other, Tidal and a bunch of other platforms. Um, My website is ianamusic.com, so you can find out what I'm up to. There's a nice news section with some of the things I'm getting involved with. Um and then I think I'm on a few podcasts. So maybe in a few podcast searches you might find me there as well, waxing lyrical about something. Awesome.
1: Well, um I appreciate you talking to me today. And
0: I always love hearing an English accent. So yeah, <laughs> thank it. you for having me. It's been a really lovely conversation. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh good.